If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in VC Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Tyler is not with us today. 86 Tyler. It's kind of a somber day without him. He's out in meetings out in Nashville, making it all happen. Hmm. But always, he's the only one that has those. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) We're going to talk more about that, as you like to say. Let's talk more about that. We got a great show for you today. I'm excited about it. John is bringing some of uh, the cool ideas and books that you find along the way, and always at the table, to the left, LinkedIn Whisper, the calming force to our show, back to back national champions. That's a thing now. It is a thing. I see that you've made that, and um, and I know we're going to learn more about that. Where did you get this shirt? Did you go to the game? Uh, we went to the game. Took the kids. Took, not took, all the kids. Took two of them. You have to earn it, and two did, and yep. one did not. So, uh, yeah, the yeah. three of us thoroughly enjoyed, and the other will be talking about that in therapy sessions in the future. <laughs> I think so, among other things. What does Tony <laughs> Robbins say? If you're going to blame your parents for all the bad, make sure you blame them for what? All the good. Okay. Give them the good and the bad. Uh, I love that you bring these these topics. Um, I think it's exactly what the show is about. By the way, I've got a new Apple Watch. I said oh. I would never do it, and I did it. There you go. 2023 is the year for me. I'm excited about that. This episode brought to you by Five Daughters. Five Daughters, yes. Uh, 100 layers per donut. Some foreshadowing there. We yeah. want to give a shout-out to Russell Stroud and RWS. Yeah. Plumbing services, they do a great job for us, and um, and we appreciate them and their underwriting of the show. So many yes. things happening, so cool. We're going to dive right in today, and the topic is around this cool book that you found with a cool author, and I'm going to let you say yeah. his name so I don't know if I can say it right just yet. Well, that's like most times we're in here, right? So, um, <laughs> Well, yes. for Spencer, this is for you. I'm going to turn it over to John right now. Backable, the surprising truth about why people take a chance on you. Yeah, for entrepreneurs. And just, again, very subtly, this back-to-back shirt, big fan of this. It doesn't scream very loud like, you know, Alabama You wouldn't fans. know. Yeah. It's just very, you know, very beautiful, <laughs> very subtle. Very tasteful. And I'm also rocking the uh, Leadership Lab swag, thanks to Stephen James. So, Guest number? What episode? Uh, you know, he just hit, I don't know, was it 95 and 6 we're or something like to that? 100. We're, we're, this is episode 99. 99. And... Strangely enough, like this episode specifically topic, we I was looking back in the notes. We were supposed to have recorded this back in September the surprising of twenty twenty two. And and the date today is what, February third, twenty three. And we've had it on the agenda several times and it's got punted and then we recorded it last month and the whole, you know, studio blew up um, you know, that day. So yeah. we don't have that. And yet here we are. Uh it, it, maybe this will not get to the world again, but we'll see what happens. I think we're going to get there, and uh, we both did have a donut, a half a donut, a whole donut, part of a donut, and those things are (laughs) 
Those things are for real. So yeah, whatever they they're doing, have they you changed been there my before? life. They changed my life. I almost took my shirt off. Have you um, been there before? I have. Oh, so you five daughters? That. Fantastic. Absolutely and I heard that's a five dollar donut. Yeah, I mean, if I, you're I, if you're making five dollar donuts and you're selling them, we need to go see what's going on down there. Yes, and I think I think the premise of what we just opened with around this episode fits beautifully into the story. When we think about Sunil Gupta, who wrote Backable, and by the way, he is a great speaker. He jokes about being the only person ever to be invited to FailCon, which is a conference specifically designed for entrepreneurs to talk about the value of failing. He's the only person to ever be invited twice. So he likes to claim himself as an expert failer. Well, Join the club. Yes. <laughs> hey, and, and if you think about it, uh, Five Daughters Donuts ties directly into this whole concept because he woke up one day and said, I'm going to go and make these donuts and see if the world appreciates them. Yeah, and, and my two big takeaways, we'll get more into this. And I'm going to fail, but it'll be okay. Yeah, and and we'll get more into this as, as we go on in the conversation, but my two big takeaways from the book, which I will then share about um, – my goat from this, but he, but Sunil talks about any great company in its inception has two things in common. Yes. It has to have a barrier to entry and it has to have a good story attached to it, right? Yes, on Five Daughters Donuts. Yes, on this episode. Daggummit, we have tried to record oh, it like six times. And you here, set me up for that. here we are. It's a good barrier. It's a great story behind it. And uh, I think that leads me to share a, a bit of a goat, which also plays right into the whole thing we've been talking about today. I'm going to blow your mind with this. Well, I think I've heard it before, but go ahead. And well, you, you know, since we've recorded this episode a couple <laughs> times, but but I'm going to blow your mind. It's this totally took me off guard. In 1945, the there was a woman who is my goat for this episode. Good for you. She was the second most popular woman behind one other lady who could also be a goat another episode but that that first lady was actually the also the first lady uh, Eleanor Roosevelt mm. second to her was Betty Crocker ah. here's where this blows your mind a little piece of Americana she is not a real person That's not she's true. a complete That's not true. fictitious <laughs> stop the tape character and <laughs> I it's it's hard I've said it 10 times now I don't even I still struggle when the words leave my mouth. Like, she doesn't exist. If I go to the store today and you pick up some Betty Crocker cake mix, instant cake mix, which we'll talk about, (laughs) her picture's on it. But this person doesn't exist. She's not a real... She is a real thing. Kids watch this show. Her balance balance sheet says she is certainly real, but she's not real. Do they use Betty Crocker at Five Daughters Donuts? I don't think so. <laughs> but here's here's who do who does use Betty Crocker. So you might have made Bisquick, Fruit Roll-Ups, and Gushers, the gummy candy I've, I've with liquid gummy in the center. It can't, yeah. There can't be many, Very things, healthy. many things on earth that's worse than a gusher. Part of the food group. Betty might not be so proud of that, but what she was proud of is when she created the instant cake mix. So you just somehow, and I don't know how you did this, logically connected Gushers and Fruit by the Foot to Betty Crocker. 
Well, that's because she made them. She made them. Yes. But she's not real. That was, not, that was an easy connection. <laughs> but you, she made them, but you just said she's not real. They are Betty Crocker products. How's that? Betty Crocker is a big part of my life. Here's, here's one of the most fascinating things about Miss Betty Crocker. When they first came out with Instant Cake Mix, the idea was, how do we help people put their work in the kitchen that's baking and cooking on fast forward? Yeah. How do we how do we help them speed that process up? Let's do an Instant Cake Mix. All you have to do, I don't know what you had to do. I'm guessing water. You added water I, I to it. I think just add water. You've seen that in, and, in other products. And here's what was fascinating. What they thought was going to happen is that sales would blow up, go through the roof, yeah. go crazy, and it would make sense to me sure. if that happened, and it didn't. And so after a year, they ended up hiring a consultant to come in and figure out what in the world is happening. The GOAT consulting The GOAT podcast. consultant the back in 1945 went out, and here's what they figured out. It was too easy. People didn't feel like when they bought Betty Crocker instant cake mix that they had enough of a barrier to contribute to f- make it valuable enough for them. They would have, they would rather make the entire thing s- from scratch than instant cake mix when you didn't have to do anything. It didn't feel as meaningful to them as when there's that barrier. What do you attribute that to? What do you attribute... This idea that someone looks at something as more valuable if they have to have another step. I think that's the point. And I think it goes to I think it goes back to and the reason I thought of this is I thought about Gupta's point. I mean, one of my big takeaways from the book is there this barrier that someone has to overcome and to address. That's why most entrepreneurs, if you watch Shark Tank, they could have the worst idea in the world, but they built it. Build-A-Bear. And they are passionate about it, and they will fight to the death. And every person that doesn't get a deal on Shark Tank, what do they say when they leave? They say, they're going to be sorry. I'm going to go, and I'm going to do And you know what? Probably 98% of them never do anything. But That's not where my mind goes. But they have, they have created something with hard work and effort. And it's meaningful to them. What's what's a 21st century example of of Betty Crocker and and this egg that has to be added? I well, thought Build a Bear. Okay, say more about Build a Bear. Well, I mean, St. Louis based. I, I would never do it. I would not find that valuable. If I want a bear, I'm going to go and buy it and move forward. But mm. I know that I'm opposite of. I mean, I probably am. In, in the part of the population that's less than 10% that feels that way, but there are people that see value in going in, going through the process of building the bear. There is something cool about it. I well, mean, what's another we, example? We, we've got one where it has uh, the boys like Ross <laughs> that he built and he says, I love you on it, but he's like three and it's maybe, you know, maybe not, not with Ross, but maybe the last time I would have heard that from some of the kids, right? When he was three. And that there's meaning behind it. But here's another example. Let's go more into that. Simon Sinek calls it the IKEA effect, and mm. I think it I think it plays right into what you're asking. Yeah, I was you think to about IKEA, right? Like we go to IKEA, we purchase a product, and we we take it back home and we build it ourselves. Now that doesn't work for me. If oh. it if it because I'm if there, if it's possible to have negative talents at yes. something at something that's it's my, gonna fall apart if yes. I put it together. However, 
Ikea is doing very well. They're doing very well. I know, well, we're just not their target audience. But but that is a great example. But right? here's what Simon Sinek says. He says, we place up to five times more value on something that we help build. And what people were finding with Betty Crocker's instant cake mix was that we they, they weren't invested enough in the creation of the end result for it to be meaningful enough for them. Mm. So you know what they did? They They changed one thing. And sales shot through the roof like they thought it was going to the first time. You know what that thing was? They added an egg. So it went from where it was. I'm guessing maybe it was just water. I don't know how you can just do instant cake mix without at least water. But now I think it's water and an egg. And sh- the sales shot up through the roof like they thought it might have the first time. Maybe tasted better. I mean, eggs. Well, I think it had probably some kind of dry egg thing in it. I mean, I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, it's a fascinating story. We place up to five times more value on something we help build. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that. Is that true? Do you believe that? I mean, I know Simon Sinek said it, so it has to be true. But do you believe that? I believe that. Yeah. I mean, you think about the most intimate, important things in your life. There are things right? that, that are handmade that are... Well, or think about relationships, right? I mean, whether it's marriage or kids or a business... Like that we help build and create mm. something that's that's so much more meaningful and a part of. Like yeah. when the boys God. the boys turn thirteen, I don't physically make this, but I've got a guy that I go to in Atlanta, BTAC knives and big tough American knives is what it stands for. And he and I help design a knife with him for bo- the boys when they turn thirteen and give it to them. Got it. And it's so cool to be a part of the building of that that thing, right? And yeah. and to give it to the kids. And I think for them, like John David and Ross both have theirs on their dresser, and it's never been moved, right? So I mean, it's meaningful. Yeah. Do do their do their knives represent their uh, their personalities? I mean, this they, is it's ve- it's very intentional based on this trip that we go on and yeah. what they're into at the time. But do they design different I knives? I mean, it, yeah, yeah, they're all they're yeah. each they're they're one of a kind every time they're made. Five times more meaning. Yeah. If you do what? What does he say? Cynic. If it, if we help build something, so we what? Put five so, times. So what's the takeaway for you? If you're sitting there today and you're saying to yourself. How can I find more meaning in my relationships? How can I find more meaning in my life, in my business? One of the takeaways from today in this conversation is that meaning is found when you do the work, when you invest, when you make it personally about your own life and the steps that you take to get it there. Yeah, and frankly, I think, thank God for entrepreneurs because that's what they do, right? Like they... I saw something earlier, if I can find it in, in my notes. Like these but, donuts, as you look. Yeah. I mean, a hundred-layer donut. I didn't want to even eat it because I was kind of intimidated by it. And then <laughs> I saw it, and then Davey kept pushing me. And by the way, thank you to VCE Productions for uh, for bringing that in today and, and being the great partner that they are. I mean, uh, a hundred-layer donut is almost intimidating to the point that you shouldn't eat it. And then I did eat it, which is another mistake. It's almost like an engagement ring. <laughs> We've, we'll, we'll put we've, that on your finger. We've taken the next step in our relationship here. <laughs> well, does that mean marriage is next? Because at that point, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, just, we got to continue to be wooed. But, you know, one of the things that, that Gupta also talks about as he's speaking to these entrepreneurs 
who probably get entirely the 5X, you know, more value on something that we help build. But he also talks about Richard Branson, who multi-billionaire, started Virgin Records, airlines, fill in the blank, right? But he talks about his mom putting him in hard situations, in creating that barrier for him when he was even a little boy. In fact, when he was five years old, his mom would drive him to the to the closest town that they lived in, drop him off at five, and tell him to find his way home. Hmm. Now, there's probably a lot of bad and trauma that has come from that sounds, in his life. Sounds a lot like my childhood. A lot of a lot of probably therapy sessions that he's talked about that. Yet there's still good in the fact that she created a barrier for him. He allowed and allowed him to find his way, create a path for himself yeah. to get back home. And I think look what he's done today. And and what's the result? So now it's starting to make sense to me. What's the result? Five times more meaning. Well they, and meaning for himself. Now think about this. Yeah. What what this world is defined now by instant everything. Yes. Instant gratification, yeah. instant uh, ordering with Chick-fil-A app, instant checking, moving money, you know, moving money from bank account to bank account, whatever it may be. Yeah. And and what we're saying here is part of the formula for finding more meaning, if you're looking for a place to do that, is by being involved in the steps that get you there. Is that right? I think so. In fact, I, as you were saying that, it reminded me if I, to, I don't to know move if I can, some money around. Yeah, I'm to move some money. It reminded me of this quote that I that I just put on LinkedIn. Um, gosh, if I can find it. LinkedIn, instant, boom. Think about that. Yeah. You have an idea. You share it with the world. The world, your 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 world gets it. You get feedback. Think about all that, John. Boom, 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 boom. Oh. But yet, when you get off there, you're like, hey, did I really even do anything? Yeah. Gosh, sorry for the pause. It's I'm okay. To, pause for I'm the trying cause. to get there. I'm gonna say my I'm gonna say my uh, goat while you're while you're yes, talking. Yes, please. There. Mine uh, is uh, Mr. Rogers, and mm. the reason that I choose Mr. Rogers uh, in this is if anybody had a more meaningful life than Mr. Rogers, they're gonna have a hard time proving proving that that's the case. But I love the way that that uh, Sunil sets this book up. Yeah, and uh, step he, he does it in steps. And step one is convince yourself. Mm-hmm. And I I want to read because I think uh, I love the written word. The power of the written word is the ability to write it just the way you want to write it. And saying it sometimes you look back and say, "Man, I wish I could have said that differently." And writing, um, you have the time to edit and make it exactly what you want to say. So just listen to how he sets the stage and sets this up. Yeah, the setup, as Jim Rohn says, is in the setup, right? And so he says this, it was 1969 and President Richard M. Nixon was slashing budgets to pay for the Vietnam War. The public broadcasting service was at the top of his list. PBS had been brought to life by Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, but Nixon viewed it as an artsy and unnecessary. His cut required approval from the Senate, which seemed all but a formality because of the chair of the Senate Subcommittee on Communications, Senator John Pastore, was a proponent of the war. The only thing standing in the way was a mild-mannered man who was on a television show that Senator Pastore had never heard of. As the TV host quietly waited to give his testimony, Pastore found it hard to hide his aggression. All right, Rogers, he said grumpily, you have the floor. Rogers 
was none other than Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Man, it takes me back. I mean, so those good. were so simple times. Tiny shoes. You might know what happened next. Rogers secured PBS Future with a seven-minute speech that has been the subject of articles, books, viral videos. He is described as captivating and compelling. Iconic shows like Sesame Street and Cosmos. It's crazy. I mean, I know Sesame Street, but I don't know. I maybe know Cosmos. You know Cosmos? No. No, I mean, I don't think I do. May not have ever come to be had it not been for the single speech. And yet, Davey, if you go back and watch Roger's speech, you might get a different impression. He nervously shifts in his seat and fumbles with his papers. He speaks with a flat, monotone voice, and he doesn't make use of hand gestures. In many ways, his mannerisms are the opposite of what you've learned from public speaking courses like Toastmasters, Dale Carnegie. So what is the point about this speech that made it so influential? When I began writing this book, I assumed I'd find a certain style to how backable people communicate their ideas as way of utilizing eye contact, hand gestures, and pacing to charm their audience. However, after digging deeper, I came to realize that this is not the case at all. Watch the number one TED Talk of all time, and you might be surprised to see Sir Ken Robinson stand with a slight slouch and a hand in his pocket while he explores whether schools kill creativity. View Elon Musk unveiling the future of SpaceX, and you might agree with his Inc. magazine headline that he fails public speaking 101. Search the transcripts of the original iPhone launch, and you might be surprised uh, to find that Steve Jobs says, ah, just like I did, at least 80 times. All that to be said, what, what did he do? What did, what did Mr. Rogers do that was so different than everybody else that led him to a point where Pastore said, I'm willing to do this? He spoke with conviction versus charisma. And I'm not saying that there's a time and a place for charisma because certainly charisma is part of what makes a great speaker. But in this case, if we're really focusing on and you're asking yourself as you're watching this podcast today about taking a chance and if someone would take a chance on you, the takeaway is not only the steps and the meaning that you find for yourself, but it's also speaking with such conviction that other people can see the process that you've gone through and want to be a part of that. Can I, <clears throat> I might, what I hear when you say conviction is I hear heart. That's what I think of when I think of the speech he gave. And if you haven't watched it, by the way, you got to go and to watch. I mean, it's beautiful. And the, the heart and the love that's pouring out of this guy, Mr. Rogers, as he gives this speech that you're referring to. It's incredible. That's the difference. Right, it's like talking to, you know, Max Goldberg around his mm. restaurants. The and, and as cheesy as it sounds, yeah, the special ingredient is always love. Yeah, that's what made the difference for Rogers that day, and that's what caused him, and and to change the minds of where the where the trajectory was heading, and really of one person that said, "Yeah, we'll we'll take the chance on this." Yeah, and it paid off. It was good. We had some, we had some, uh, some a whole generation of people that had a little bit more emotional intelligence than this next generation because of one person. Yep. Need to pass it along, Mr. Rogers. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. Convince yourself first. That's step one of the process to become backable. What else you got? I think I'm good. You're good there. Yeah. IKEA effect. <clears throat> Betty Crocker. It's got to have a barrier to it. Can't, it. It can't be too easy. Yeah. It can't be too uh, easy. A hundred layer donuts is not easy. 
No. Putting an Ikea piece of furniture together, not easy. No. I mean, if you ask me, putting together the Betty Crocker with the Bisquick, am I, am I putting too many brands in there together? That's not easy. So... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta land the plane. I just—I don't even want to get in the kitchen. For, so, so take that shot today. Go out and get the name of the book. What's the name of the book? Backable. Backable. The surprising Sunil truth. Gupta. Sunil, Sunil Gupta. The surprising truth about why someone will take a chance on you. Yep. For uh, Tyler Burnett, who's out on the road, and John Byers. I'm Colby Jubenville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Um.